Hello and welcome to episode 41 of Dial H for Hero Clicks. I'm your host Hunter Smith and today I am lonely. I am without my two compadres who are usually here. This is a, a different schedule for us this week. Um, neither one of the boys could make it today so I'm actually recording a, a little bit earlier than what we usually record because I'm going to be doing it by myself but I will also have a special guest with me on the second half of the episode. Um, which is something it's it's been a long time since we've had a guest so it's nice to have a guest come in and I this also reminds me to go ahead and do a little announcement that um, in the future I I want to try out a sort of listener guest uh, uh, idea where on especially for days like this week where we'll just have me or just me and one of the other crew we would bring in uh, one of you guys who would want to join us and get you know get the fans involved get one of you guys to come in with us do a little interview kind of see somebody else's perspective you know HeroClix perspective and comics perspective as well hear other people's thoughts and ideas and have you kind of go through the cast with us um, and do that from time to time not every week but from time to time I want to do some listener uh, some listener guests like that so we will be doing that today except TJ which is our uh, guest today, he lives pretty close by, so he's actually going to come by for uh, his and do it in person. But if that's something you are interested in, then send us a PM on Facebook or uh, or shout out on Twitter or something. Let us know you would be interested in that. And then um, in the future when we do that, I'll make an announcement ahead of time so that we can match up times and we can fit, we can get some of you guys who would want to do that get on, to be on the cast. We can get that uh, arranged. Um Today is uh, sort of a weird episode in that it's going to be a little out of order than what you guys are used to, uh, and that's because of our guest and him not being able to be here the whole time because of work schedule. So what I want to do today, instead of usually starting with news like we usually do, I'm actually going to start with what we do last, and I'm going to start with community. Um First off, we have an, an email on our Gmail account from Ethan Jacobs, and Ethan asked two good questions. Um, as you guys know, last week we talked about the Green Lantern power battery, and he sends us a, his first email asking, I got to thinking, after listening to episode 40, what will happen to the power battery if one of the slosh chases takes the power ring away? Will that ruin the power battery since you need the ring attached? Well, that's a good question, and it, honestly, it's something that I had thought of ahead of time when I first saw the resource but I and I meant to bring up on the podcast but I honestly forgot about it while we were talking about the resource um, I was I thought about it while we were doing the cast and then I was like I'll, I'll wait and say that at the end and then I just totally forgot about it at the end so yeah the um, the slosh chases um, as you guys know can remove an element that is attached to a relic or resource and as you see by the wording on the power battery, if you pull it up, the ring is attached to the resource. So you can, in fact, take the ring off. And honestly, if I'm playing a Lydia Malor, Malor which is probably the most likely of the chases you're going to see in a competitive environment, if I'm playing her, I'm going to take your ring away if you're running the power battery instead of one of the constructs. Unless it's a specific construct that like really gives... Uh, you had a matchup advantage, particularly with my team. I think I'm most likely going to take the ring away because the ring is 
uh, is given to everybody who gets a construct, so it can be given to multiple people. And yeah, if you took that away from the Green Lantern power battery, then you're taking away the willpower that all those figures would be granted, which is a huge deal. Now, it's going to be a bigger deal depending on what ring they're running because, you know, as you can guess, the rings are all going to be different, and we will see that today when we get to news and we talk about the Sinestro Core ring. They're all going to play a little different, so it, it might depend on what color ring they're running, but for the most part, you're pretty much always going to want to take their ring away. And uh, yes, they can still use the resource without the ring, it's just not as good. You know, but there's nothing on the on the battery that says that it has to have a, a, a ring at first. Because the only thing when it talks about the minimum of you know, it must be a minimum this many points and it must have the power ring attached at the beginning of the game, that's the key, is that at the beginning of the game during force and during force construction you paid for all that stuff and then at the beginning of the game it's all attached. And Lydia's thing is going to kick in afterwards, so it's totally legal uh, for you to go ahead and play it after she takes away your ring. It doesn't ruin the entire resource, to my knowledge, and I'll keep an eye on the rules forums just to make sure something crazy doesn't happen and that gets ruled differently, but to my knowledge, you would still get to use the resource, it just is not going to be as good. Um, he has a second question. When is the community going to see the Dial H crew compete in a rock? Um, we actually did compete in a rock a long time ago. It wasn't a super Q um, because back then there it was before rocks kind of exploded and got super popular. Um, we just did a smaller one here locally, and uh, I think it was a regular qualifier. It was the step below. There, if you guys are familiar with the ROC events, there's like four different sizes you can run. I think we were the step below super Q, and um, I went undefeated. Um, unfortunately, we only went three rounds. I wish it would have been more rounds than that, but I think we weren't expecting to have as many people as we did have show up. So there were two of us that were undefeated, and uh, the other player had a few more points than me, so he finished in first, and I finished in second. Um, Austin and Drew didn't do very well. I think they both went one and two, which they usually do a little better than that in most of our week-to-week -week events, but they didn't have as much luck in the ROC. Uh, so we haven't competed. We have competed in one. Um, we have some friends who, a couple friends who traveled down to Kentucky for the ROC down there. That's about a three and a half hour drive, three hour drive from here. Um, personally, I, I'll speak for myself, not for the boys since they're not here, but, um, I'm not interested enough in the ROCs to travel that far and participate in them. Not because I wouldn't love to, just because I have a pretty, actually extremely busy schedule right now. And I just don't have the time to travel that far to do those kinds of events. And also, I'm not planning on competing um, at Dragon Con or any of the big ROCs. So I'm not really worried about getting my player points. You know, I got a lot from getting second place in that event, but I'm not really worried about them um, because Dragon Con is pretty far away. Now, and, and that's with, with me saying that I'm more... I, as you guys can guess, since I guest host on the, the Quarry, the official ROC podcast, I'm more interested in competitive play and more into competitive play than than even Austin and Drew. So if I'm saying that that I, I'm not super interested in driving a really long distance to compete in these things, then Austin and Drew, they're even less interested than I am. So yeah, that's your answer. You're probably not going to see it unless one's really close. I mean, if one was within an hour distance from here, I would probably get... I would, pretty much definitely go if time, 
you know, if schedule allowed, if I didn't have to work or anything. And uh, I think Drew and Austin would definitely probably go with me if we did that. But so far, all the Super Qs have been pretty far away from us. The Kentucky one was the closest one, and like I said, that was a three-hour drive. Um, that's it for listener questions. I do want to talk about dial design. Um, if you guys remember, last week we had Dr. Doom PhD got a perfect 30, which is only the second one we've ever given out. And um, this month is the Fast Forces, and everyone submitted their second dial. And Dr. Doom got a 29, um, so he got a 30 and then a 29, which is definitely unheard of, unheard of, and puts him at a big advantage in the the rankings for this month. So he, as long as he doesn't totally screw up week three, he's probably going to take home uh, the prize for April. But we had two other 29s. We had three 29s total out of 30, um, and since we have done two of the three members as our featured dial for a week, I wanted to do Crazy Bat's dial because he has never been a featured dial for us to my knowledge. So I wanted to give him a chance in the spotlight, talk about his dial this week. His Fast Forces he's doing this month is Batman um, Batman Incorporated. And he did the squire he did a great uh dial last week and he turns in yet another good dial this week with the squire now for those of you unfamiliar with batman incorporated this is a a really good storyline and really important especially since uh damien's death you know just recently happened in batman inc but uh, batman inc's a pretty good book if you if you are a batman fan you've probably i'm sure you've already read them i enjoyed them a lot and the squire is the uh, one who is kind of, she's she's a female and she's kind of like the uh, the sidekick for the knight who's another big character and this dial does a good job of representing her in a somewhat promotion mechanic um, when the knight is KO'd so the dial is 75 points and it has the Batman team ability 5 range 1 bolt pretty accurate comic wise and it has a total of seven clicks on its dial, but like a vampire, it starts uh, a couple clicks in. And it has a trait that says that Squire starts the game on click three and cannot be healed beyond click three except by this trait. When a friendly character named the Knight is KO'd, turn Squire to click one. So no matter what click Squire is on, even if she's on last click, if you KO, if you have the Knight and he gets KO'd first, then the squire promotes into the new knight, which is exactly what happens in the comic. So he gets good grades there for comic accuracy and for um, creativity. Basically, doing a, a vampire style di- dial, but with a different you know theme behind it. And uh, f- for the most part, it, her regular dial is charge, precision strike, perplex, which is very accurate. And then once she promotes. She gets a uh, flight, running shot, invulnerability, and willpower. So she gets kind of inspired, and uh, and infuriated, and ready to kick some major ass now that she becomes the knight. So that got good grace from all three of us. Again, he did a good uh, he did a good uh, dial last week. So um, kudos to him. Good addition to our dial contest, and hopefully you'll keep submitting. And uh, congratulations on being this week's uh, featured dial. Now. This week's community question is related to the news, and uh, hopefully it won't spoil anything a little bit ahead of time, but the question was, what are your thoughts on the battery pack announcement? Now, I'll get into this in more detail when we do the news section, 
But the battery pack announcement is basically this, if you haven't heard. WizKids has finally announced to us how we are going to be able to get all the different color batteries. Not the resource, because the resource comes with the world of light, as we know. But the actual lanterns, because I was correct last week when I, when I theorized that these are switch clicks. That it looked like the lanterns would come off of the resource. They do come off the resource. So I was right about that. So they'll pop off, and then you can pop on the different color lanterns on the resource dial, and they'll each come with their own card that tells you the bonuses. Um, and how they're doing this is is they're packaging two lanterns together with the with seven constructs for each uh, color, and then that's that's one pack. So you there's six other lanterns. Um, we get the green with the OP kit. We get the white um, supposedly with the con exclusive. That's the big um, rumor is that the white will be a con exclusive, and then the black will also technically be a con exclusive because it comes with Necron which is the Colossal you can purchase. So the other six, the red, indigo, you know what they are. The other six um, are going to be packaged like that, and they're going to be separate. So you, there's two to a pack. You get both of the lanterns, and then you get seven constructs for each, so 14 relics. So you're getting 14 relics and two, um, I guess, resource add-ons, we would call them, for 25 bucks, which is not bad, I guess, Um if you're comparing it to the scenario packs, like what they did for Fear Itself and stuff like that, I guess that price is about where I thought it would be. Um, they certainly could have went higher than that, and so for that I'm happy. But my uh, my question this week was, what are your thoughts on that as a whole? Um, are you excited that they're doing it like this? Were you bummed that they weren't some part of you know uh, of War of the Light? Personally, I th- I think I'm actually glad to a point that this is how they're doing it because honestly, you know, and I am cynical and that's the word I was trying to think of last week when I was trying to think of a certain word. I am a little cynical in my old age now, nowadays, um, especially when it comes to WizKids, but they've given me, given us plenty of reason to, to feel that way. Um, I thought they would honestly all be con exclusives except for the green and maybe like one of the special other ones, like the white or something. So, me thinking that they'd all be con exclusives, I would have had to pay more than, than a total of 75 for six of them. Um, so, I guess I am kind of glad that they're doing it this way. Um, it also gives people the chance to purchase the ones they're more interested in than the other ones. So, like, if you're only really interested in the Sinestro Core, you would buy the yellow and blue pack that comes with those and all the constructs, and then you wouldn't have to buy all of them. So, I guess I'm kind of kind of glad that they did it. Sorry about that. That's my pager and I'm on call. I'm kind of glad they packaged them that way so that people can get, you know, specifically what they need. So I, I get, that was a good move from them. So overall, I'm happy. Um, you guys, feedback, um, you basically, we're all pretty much excited, you know, optimistic about it. Um, there were a couple people, the only really negative thing anybody had to say was, you know, it's going to be a lot of money to collect them all, and hopefully they don't continue to make a habit of selling us resources, which I can certainly agree with and see. So I agree. Hopefully that won't be the case, that they start selling resources to us instead of giving them as participation prizes, but only time will tell. Last thing we have for community is YouTube channel. Um, this past week we did. I had the best build matches up on there, so if you guys... Have some downtime at work or home or something. You you want to watch some matches because, like I always say, there's not enough match 
good quality matches on uh, on YouTube as far as video quality, and might have been turning out pretty good. Um, most, pretty much all of them will go up to 1080p if you give it a minute to load and then up, upgrade the quality. So I have three matches up on our YouTube channel. This next week I'm going to try to to put together a Winter Soldier rules explanation video. He's a figure that's really fun, but has a whole lot of rules questions with him. You know, I've experienced as a judge and as a player here in the last couple weeks, and so I thought that would be a great figure to cover, especially with it being the that being a really hot and really good and, and highly played set right now, at least at our venues. That set is being played like crazy. Uh, for good reason. That was a great set. Probably one of the better sets we've had in a long time, the Winter Soldier. So I'll be covering him, uh, the Sniper Nest one specifically, um, next week. So look out for that next week on our YouTube channel and, and subscribe to that if you haven't already. So now you may hear a slight pause. I'm going to pause and then we'll come back with our special guest, do a little interview, and then we'll finish the rest of the podcast. All right, so I have with me TJ, who um, is on Realms too, right? Click. Yeah, Clicksaholic. Clicksaholic Crawford, who's a listener and a friend, and uh, also has participated in our dial design contest before. And we jokingly say that uh, Whiskid stole his pyro. It's eerily similar. It is the the con the um, what's it called? The flame constructs. The flame constructs are almost identical. It's pretty close. I think the power is the exact same. You, I think it's the numbers that are I was going to say, I think your powers were perfect and that the numbers were literally like one off, one integer off on like each freaking section. So yeah, it's pretty damn close. Um, I'm these will be nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you could get like a penny on every uh, Days of Future Past click sold, that'd be nice. Um, I'm going to ask you the same questions that we ask all our, our guests. It's been a while since we had a guest, but name a few, let's say five. Five or so of your favorite comic book characters. Doesn't have to necessarily be heroes, villains, just like your favorite characters. Number one, which I get laughed at for all the time, is definitely Booster Gold and Blue Beetle uh, would be my number two. Then I'm a big Red Hood fan ever since actually reading Under the Red Hood and watching the animated film for it. Which is very good, by yeah. the way. And then I would honestly say Deathstroke and uh, Black Adam. Those are probably my top five. I like it. I like it. A lot of DC. Um, top three favorite clicks. I know that's a hard one to hard ask. One. What, which ones instantly pop in your head? Superman Black Adam. I don't get to use him that often because he's pretty pricey points-wise, but he's up there. Uh... Any of the Deathstrokes we've gotten in the past year and a half, I use constantly because I'm either playing an assassin team or a society team or yeah. something like that. And honestly, just because I get so much work out of him, uh, Streets of Gotham Scarecrow. He is a good piece, yeah. man. I had forgotten how much work he does, and then I used him this past week. And yeah, I I liked him a lot too, and I I. I don't think I've talked about him before on the podcast. I've talked about him before to the boys because I just loved him so much every time I play him. And also, I won a side tournament at CBU forever ago. It was half Batman and half uh, SOG. Yeah. And it was like 300 points or something. And I had Scarecrow and Maul together. And Scarecrow... 
uh, Scarecrow can mastermind to anybody yeah. in the Smoke Cloud regardless. And Maul gets way better when you mastermind yeah, onto him. Yeah. And it was so, I just, everybody was like, you're playing Scarecrow? I'm like, yeah, he looks pretty good. And they're like, you're playing Maul? Maul sucks. We've been playing, nobody plays him anymore. I'm like, this is going to be good. And it just blew everybody yeah. away. It was so, it was such a good team. That's, SOG Scarecrow is good. Yeah. He's 74 points. Um, the big thing about him is he has fear, or he has a the he has stealth and mastermind full dial, and then he has a special uh, free smoke cloud every turn. And there's no like only so many tokens, or if you have no token, no, it's just every turn like you get a free action smoke, smoke cloud. cloud. And adjacent friendly characters occupying one of the smoke cloud are considered to have a lower point value when he uses mastermind. So that's what I was saying. You have a you take a character like a Maul, or I'm sure there's a lot of other great examples. Who uh, Hulk, for instance, who starts off um, crappy and gets better at Black King. The streets of Gotham, Killer Croc. Croc, yeah, and because um, like Killer Croc, one click in, he gets a couple clicks in, he gets better. His attack value goes up, defense goes down, but but yeah, the, he adds a lot of playability to Arkham Asylum, and when is traded like just traded Smoke Cloud alone, pretty much is worth seventy four I mean, points. Yeah, he's an old school Batman piece at that point. And then he has a special end cap, which I never hardly get to do because he only has four range. But it's, I used it's still it a pretty lot good this past week. Like I, every game, I was getting a lot of use out of it. Yeah, good answer. Now, which which Deathstroke do you like best? Because I've been thinking about this. I and you may not like this. I hate the new Fifty Two one, the one where you go past. He is my least favorite. Okay, I don't. I just don't. I don't like his dial. I don't like the way he plays. It never kicks. It's super easy to avoid it because you lock him off and it doesn't matter. Exactly. It it never kick. It never seems like you get your bang for the buck out of it. I think the best one is Teen Titans. I'll pull up all the districts. So we have Arkham Origins. He's my favorite right now. I don't know if he's the best. I've yet to play him. I've just looked at his. his I played special attack power. Is so it's, good. It's good, but he only has it for two clicks, and he only has five range, and he doesn't have well, stealth. You can do it in melee, though. I know. I'm just saying, like, that helps. I played against yeah. him twice. Both times, I knocked. I easily knocked him past it before he hit me. That's that's what, with only five range. If he had like a seven range or something, he'd be freaking retarded. I, I, I don't I, think he's bad. I've only ever used him with black mask. Oh yeah, so that kind of helps with the. Oh yeah. See, in, in SOG. Uh, Deathstroke is pretty good. He's probably my second favorite. He's good if you want a Deathstroke that's going to support your team a little bit because but of those perplexes and outwits. My favorite is still Teen Titans. I think yeah. for bang for the buck, for 150 points, this dude dishes out the damage. I've used him in Battle Royals. I've used him in Constructed. Yeah. And I've used him in that little Injustice game I have. He's stinking retarded. Yeah, his leadership he's got on those first two clicks is... Stellar. His values are really good. For, he's got eight range, wild card, sharpshooter, eleven attack, side blast, three damage. You click. You purposely should click him onto a second click. He loses running shot, but he gets stealth, and his attack goes to twelve, and his freaking damage goes to a four. Yeah, he's really, he's really good. Um, so enough about splurging on Deathstroke. Um, we already talked about your realms hammer, hel- realms handle. Sorry guys, it's late here. I'm tired and. What is your favorite theme team to play? Uh, specific theme I don't really fit into, but I play Batman villains like as often as possible. And I mean, I'll do. I try and do like I was a huge fan of animated cartoon, obviously growing up. So oh, of course I try are. and do themes that it's fit only into the best. That. It's only the oh, yeah. best show ever made. <laughs> so I try and make theme get teams that fit into that mold, um, even if they aren't theme teams. But um, 
a lot of that was also the fact that they didn't have a lot of matching keywords for the longest time when I started playing clicks again. So now that we're getting a lot more guys who have Arkham Asylum, I was going to say like Arkham that, Origins, Gotham City Underworld. Mm-hmm. It's a little easier. Or- I'm playing a lot more teams that consist of one or two bad guys and some thugs now because of Arkham Origins than. What I used to. I also, Drew and I both actually usually play a lot of Batman uh, villain stuff. And back when we first started playing uh, at venues, like Batman was, we started playing right before Batman came out. Yeah. So I used I used a bunch of old stuff. I had like the old um, Two Face and um, Bane and Croc stuff from like Batman Alpha set or Arkham Asylum like that yeah. kind of stuff and then Batman came out and I was like oh shit we got a new Mr. Well, yeah, Freeze when I, when I first started getting back into it it was right when the new 52 stuff started coming out and it was just me and Phil kind of casually playing and then my brother's obviously in the clicks a lot so he was getting us to play more so I started borrowing a lot of his Arkham Asylum stuff to play Bat Bad Guy teams but like there was no matching keywords then because you yeah. know, they didn't think to make Arkham Asylum a keyword in the set named Arkham Asylum. And then, yeah, so I was the same way. Once Batman actually hit, that set hit. Like, I didn't... Everybody else was, No Man's Land. I was like, screw No Man's Land. Yeah, Batman set. and then the SOG gave us a bunch of really good yeah. ones. And then we got... Um, T- Teen Titans had a couple. Yeah. And then uh, Arkham Origins gave us just, like, the yeah. finishing little touch. Yeah. It does make it a lot easier. All right, cool. Good answers. Um, so let's talk, let's do what we played. Now, again, I typically record this, we record this on Saturday night and we talk about Saturday's game too. Uh, this is Friday night, so we, we can't talk about Saturday this week, but Wednesday was, uh, at Game Preserve and the build was 500 points, um, popper, which for this was uncommons and commons only from main sets and gravity feeds, which includes... Um. Okay. So, Marvel DC technically, gra- oh yeah, Marvel DC only Silver Age. So technically, a, a lot of people use the term gravity feed um, to describe countertop displays and gravity feeds. But technically, if you want to get technically, gravity feeds are like the number two primers, two hundred one yeah. to two ten. Yeah, the primers. Um, but for this, it was CTDs and yeah, we use gravity. Any, yeah, we use the term gravity feeder of any for any single packaged. Yeah, exactly. I do too commonly, but so that was the that was the rules that, um nothing was allowed besides characters and relics. I went with um a Legion of Superheroes team with guest guest starring Enchantress and I main reason I did is cuz Phil's been trying to get me to play Ultra Boy for a while and I was like, yeah, I don't really have a th- a team I specifically have to play for this event, so I'm going to try Ultra Boy. So I built a team around him to fill, and then I tried to make it better, and I toyed with some ideas, and I was like, oh, I can use the trait from the Gravity Feed guys and bring in a better figure to make this mediocre team really good. And uh, I had Ultra Boy. Let me bring them all up here. I had Main Set, Ultra Boy, Polar Boy, who I was previously 9-0 and with. He's such a good figure. <laughs> Polar Boy. Uh, Shrieking Violet. I brought the main set and the Gravity Feed version. Started out with the main set because she has Stealth and Outwit. And Gates, of course. Because why not? He's incredible. And then Gravity Feed Cosmic Boy. And then Enchantress. 
And uh, if you're unfamiliar with the gravity feet, well, the the first three, uh, zero, one, yeah, two, and three, they have the Welcome to the Legion trait. And we've seen this a little bit competitive-wise, too. It's been doing okay. Uh, one of the, the top teams used this um, with Enchantress, actually. Now, think about it. It was either her or Scarlet Witch, but I think it was Enchantress. Either or. When you build your force, choose one character of 50 points or less. That character gains the Legion of Superheroes keyword, and wing symbol this game. If your force includes other characters with this trait, you can increase it by 50 if this character doesn't use that as trait. So what that means is, if you play two of those that have that trait, you can put one character of 100 or less, excuse me, on your team, and so on and so forth. There's three different ones. You can go up to 150 at the max. Um, but honestly, when I was looking at him, Cosmic Boy was the best out of the three. And that's because he not only brings that, but he brings other support powers. He has TK... He has perplexing leadership, including if he hits a six, he can clear it off anybody with the keyword. And um, then he has a, a special power where he gives, if he's in hindering, he and adjacent friendly characters use toughness. So what I was doing was really abusing um, gates at the start. Because gates can carry up to four friendlies regardless of speed symbols. If all car- carried characters share a keyword with him, you don't modify his uh, speed value. He has a 14 phasing. So he can get the... So I have five characters besides Gates, but Shrieking Violet is tiny, so she doesn't count. So I carried the whole entire team and in one action. And then um, would I picked Realm of Death, phased the whole team into the middle, and then sat there, because unless they're running something that busts through blocking, I don't have to worry about it. Ultra Boy, like I said, built around him. Gates would bring the whole team up. I'd push Gates on the Perplex on purpose. I would what I would do is carry Shrieking Violet in on somebody, outwit somebody's defense, push Gates, perplex somebody's um, yeah, she's already eaten, yes. Perplex somebody's uh, defense down. Then take Polar Boy, sidestep over to a good spot. And then take his enhancement, the perplex from Gates, their defense down. Then I take Polar Boy's enhancement and Ultra Boy's perplex, and I would perplex uh, Cosmic Boy or uh, Ultra Boy up to a 11 attack, six damage with Prob from Enchanters, and this sees through stealth and bust blocking. All three of my opponents did not realize that Ultra Boy shot through blocking. And I'll be honest, if I hadn't built the team around him, I wouldn't have known that Ultra Boy shot through blocking. I didn't know he did. Yeah. So all three of my opponents were like, what the hell is this guy doing putting his whole team in the middle of the map? He must be going to next turn phase them all in next to me. No. I phase them in the middle, let the people move up, and then I hit them for six penetrating. Um, it, it worked three times in a row. I was expecting to run into Iron Man. Zero zero one in this format because when I was building teams, honestly, a shield team similar to what Austin played, basically exactly what Austin played. That was the best team I could come up with. Yeah. Um, so I expected I was like, there's gonna be four or five Ironmans, and there was a lot there of that were, there were pro- well, we had what twenty four people, <coughs> yeah, and I think eight of them were playing shield teams featuring that Iron Man. Yeah, so I was like, well, I'm gonna see a lot of him. This is basically that, but with a better team built around them. I think. Um, because also, remember, Enchantress has Mystics, and these are all um, uh, wild cards. So I had six Mystics, and um, 
I would, like I said, I'd rush in Gates and Shrieking Violet and tie up, make them take Mystics. Meanwhile, Ultra Boy's hitting you for six penetrating one turn, six penetrating the next turn. It was pretty, honestly, I had no trouble with any of my matches except the first one against Jairus because he had Copperhead and she has Poison, Full Dial, pretty yeah. much, and she ignores characters. And I moved up, outwitted, ignores characters because I knew that'd be a problem. And he uh, hit Shrinking Violet off. He needed like a nine and he actually hit it. Hit Shrinking Violet off of that and then moved Copperhead in on Enchantress and slowly poisoned her. Like, I, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And that was a smart move by him. But I still won the, the game at the end. But that was, that was my only close match. Other than that, like I said, nobody knew Ultra Boy shot through blocking. So he would always smoke their prime piece regardless of, of what it was. Including a 300-point Iron Man. Uh took down pretty easily. I went I I got first. Austin went undefeated as well, but I had a few more points than him. Um he played somebody who was very very under on points. Yeah, I so now the Polar Boy count is now up to 12 and 0, guys. Polar Boy is a boss. He's 12 and 0 so far. Um Ultra Boy as a whole, I think he's worth his points for sealed. I had to build a team specifically around him to Make him amazing. So I, I would say he's about a four out of five star fig. I was, I was, I'll just say I'm pleasantly surprised with him because in Jairus's game he busted me pretty hard, but he knocked, he hit me onto flurry, and then I flurried his Tanneris, and then he hit me again and knocked me onto my last click, which has hypersonic, and I just like TK'd out, hypersonic around wherever I needed to go. So he, he's a good down dial. Um, I was pretty happy with Ultra Boy, Shrieking Violet too. She's she's really cool. The two options I would start with the the main set just because of the stealth, the outwit, and the nineteen defense. Because remember, even if they can shoot through hindering, they have to give you plus one for being tiny on range. So she's a twenty from range, and then outwit. So she's pretty good. And the good thing about her is you can no matter which one you're on, you can punch somebody and choose to morph afterwards so that you don't take pushing damage. So she basically has willpower if you're willing to keep switching back and forth, and that's what I kept doing. And Gates was really good, too. If you're going to run a big Legion, like this 500 points, if it's maybe 400 points, I'm going to say if it's 500 points or more, you have to play Gates, I think, just to save on tokens and actions. He's just he's so good for his points. Yeah, it's... That's how I feel the back to Batman bad guy thing right now. Like if you're playing 400 or more points with Gotham City Underworld or Arkham Asylum, you need to run that black mask because yeah, at least oh, definitely makes the team go definitely 500 or more. You have to run them. So what did you play? I played a Batman bad guy team. Uh, Arkham Asylum. Uh, I really wanted to try Joker from Arkham Origins because I'd yet to play him and. It's always weird to see commons that cost that much, points-wise. So, I built him, Streets of Gotham Scarecrow, uh, Streets of Gotham Killer Croc, to kind of have a little bit of a beater, assuming the opponent comes to me. Uh, Arkham Origins Deadshot, and then I ran a main set goon from... Uh, Batman. From Batman on the support. Hired Henchman? Yeah, Hired Henchman on yeah, the support Yeah, I, I like Hired Henchman a lot. To kind of fill my points out. And I mean, it worked. I mean, I lost to Nick round one, but it would like complete bust on both of our ends on rolls. We were both rolling crazy on every end, so it's really hard to tell how the game could have gone. But I had him on tilt pretty well because he was playing that shooty shield team, and I 
had everybody in stealth nonstop, basically. One thing I like about the team construction is you've got two wild cards with the Joker and with yeah. Deadshot, and you have two great team abilities, especially for Deadshot, with Batman Enemy and then Underworld to carry up. Because one of the problems you'll find, and one of the reasons why Black Mask is, is so important to teams these teams in big games, is because you have no flyers hardly, yeah. and, aside from Firefly. And you have very few carry, so the Underworld team ability really helps them make up for that. And especially with these high point guys, being able to calculator that, because if you're a higher point, you can carry two lesser points. So at the beginning of the game, that's going to make the Joker and Deadshot a lot yeah, better. I was carried, yeah, I was doing that. Like round, like round one, I was carrying people, and everybody I played was like, wait, what's Underworld do? And, I mean, it was ever time. It wasn't game-changing necessarily, but it definitely helped. That's a good, good team ability, man. Um, I noobed out real hard. I kept forgetting to bring my objects. Because I'm so used to when I play, because I rarely use that killer croc. Yeah. And I forgot that he had super strength. So, like, every game I was really forgetting to place a heavy object down for him at least. Yeah, he's. So. I've played every croc. Croc's one of my favorite Batman villains. I've played every croc a lot. I He's probably my least favorite in the how good he is department. He's, so he's fun. Slow. Yeah, he's that's his problem. Because that's exactly what it is, is he's so damn slow. Because Batman enemy means his attack can be crazy. Right. I still have yet to play the expensive ass no man's land one though. I need to still. Uh, he's so hard to fit. He costs like two hundred points. Yeah, by he's, I think a hundred. Well, he's a hundred one ninety or something or some yeah. stupid point. Yeah, I want to say one ninety six. He's cool. His values are cool. His powers are cool. He but, looks fun, but I don't think he's good enough to. Oh, he's one seventy three. Yeah. Still though, yeah, I still need to play him. But I, I like the. Um, the Arkham Origins one. Arkham Origins one's very cool. I played him against Phil in a casual game. He was pretty good. But the Streets of Gotham one is really, really good. The Have board game one. Uh, yeah. No, or not, sorry, yeah, not yeah. Streets of Gotham. Uh, yeah. Gotham City strategy you let me, game. You let me borrow him once, and there were a couple turns where Claw Claw Bite was working like crazy. Like, not only does he bring the damage, that trait is so damn good. Opposing it's, characters within four can't yeah. use willpower, which is nuts. Yeah, especially because he has seven clicks, so it's not like he's easy to take down. Um, and then, especially if you if they do go after him, he gets flurry blades for like three three or four clicks. Well, there, I, I want to say it was against one of Austin's brothers. I mean, it's been forever since I did it, but um, I played him and he got me onto that fourth click where you got the claw claw bite and that blades, and all of my attacks were you know sixes. And so I just, like, wrecked, like, two guys that were in base with me, and it was, yeah, it was a bad first experience with one of Austin's brothers. It was, like, the first time I met the guy, and so he was very angry. What, what are your feelings on Joker? Because I played him two weeks ago, and I talked about him on the podcast. I thought he was a little overcosted. Yeah, because I never, I never got to use Joker gas, because I was forced to basically push him in almost every situation because I was trying to get outwits so like my dead shot could get some cool better shots and like which was fine because it ended up being the best play and everything and then he gets on that, those shooting clicks and everything and then eventually those melee clicks but I was really disappointed that I didn't get to do Joker gas because that was kind of my intent when building the team was I'm going to have Smoke Cloud from Scarecrow right and then I was going to have Joker's Smoke going out and yeah I I spent a five I took a five hundred point team. This is a few weeks ago. Dugout specifically 
to try to activate Joker gas as much as possible. Just because yeah. I was like, this is what makes him unique yeah. from the other Joker. That and his trait, that if he kills somebody, his poison's penetrating. And right? I still used it one time. Yeah. Like, as far as the penetrating. And that was with hammers. I was like, oh, I'll give him Graythos. He'll see everybody would have power cosmic after I dropped hammers. I'll give him Graythos. It'll be easy for him to land hits. He has, because he has stealth. Yeah. I'll sit him in hindering. He'll be stealth. He has six range. He'll finish somebody off. And then I'll just poison. I'll, no, it just didn't happen. Yeah. It's just he doesn't have enough dam- He doesn't have way through damper yeah. on top click. You have to push him on that wit. And then even then he only has 10 attack. And it's just, that's not bad, but for 140 points, he, he like I would rather him be about 110 at the most. Well, yeah, and then it made worse. I couldn't even support him back onto, because eventually I would always get him onto his, that penetrating three damage and end up KOing somebody. But then, but then you that lose goon Joker can't, gas. Yeah, that goon can't support him because he's that, you know, 18 defense. Right. Well, he has defend, though. You could have defended. I was told it didn't work that way. I was oh, told he used his base defense. No, no, no. It works that way, buddy. You can't modify. This okay. defend is replacing. Okay. Somebody lied to you. A few people did, but that's fine. I didn't need it. They probably honestly didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, defend is a replacement, so you can okay. you can replace it. That's why on the best medics... That's like, definitely what I thought. So you yeah. see him and uh, Thomas Wayne. Yeah. That's why they have that, is to make it easier to heal. But anyway... Um, yeah, Scarecrow was like star of the show. I mean, Nick, I Nick was sweating bullets because he got it down to Deadshot on like his last two clicks in Scarecrow with Thor and Winter Soldier, and I just kept like incapping. I had three turns. I mean, I pushed, but like I, I just you know double incapped, cleared double incapped. Like just I didn't care. <laughs> I was like, I need to keep you locked down. I. Uh... I've played Deadshot four or five times now, and I may not have lost a game with he, Deadshot now that I think about it. He's the best fig in that set. Oh, there's no doubt. And we called it when it, on the podcast whenever that came out. I was like, everybody was ex- excited I, about Black Mask and I, was, and they spoiled him and Deadshot on the same yeah. day. And I was like, dude, there's no Black Mask. There's Deadshot's not a fig a in that boss. set I'm disappointed with. Like, I mean, like that that stroke. He's a little pricey. I don't like Barbara Gordon. Okay, sorry. There's not a bad guy faking that I'm disappointed in. <laughs> Anarchy. Uh, I don't know. He's not bad for his point. His range sucks for what he does, though, man. He only has four range for energy yeah, explosion. Four range, know. one bolt for a piece that's built around <laughs> energy explosion. But he's cool. He's cool. I'll Look at that it. thing. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, Deadshot is... I mean, he's stupid. Him and Shiva are the best pieces. He doesn't miss... Him, Shiva, and Bane are the best pieces of yeah, this. Because, because of the free prob, I mean, you're not going to miss. Like, even when you're shooting at 19 defenses, like, you need a 7, so yeah. you're going to be hitting people for 5 damage. You're going to have outwitters with him, so he doesn't need pen blast. Alright, so let's move into the news section today where we will go over the least important things. As always, go from, from uh, ones we care the least about to the ones we are most excited to talk about. So let's start with Yu-Gi-Oh! with Mechanical Chaser. Now, did you play much Yu-Gi-Oh! back in the day, or you have uh, any... Like the cards? Yeah, card game. Uh, very, very little. I watched the cartoon, you know, like 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 we all did, yeah. yeah. Um, I pl- Me and Austin and, and his brothers, we played it a lot. A whole lot, actually. And looking back on all the kids' card games, like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Pokemon, Digimon of our yeah. generation, the big ones... Yu-Gi-Oh! was actually pretty solid. Like, yeah. as a card game, it was pretty solid. Yeah, I've looked back at it, and... 
like the system and everything. I like it a lot. The other ones do not hold up at all. But Yu-Gi-Oh! I feel like I could go back and play with the old cards and have fun and still be somewhat competitive wise. And I hear these days it's ramped up, you know, yeah, out of control. A- but I, I feel like back when we played, it was it was it's solidly got, it's balanced. It's got the Pokemon Center, what I understand now. Or yeah. like, There's yeah. just too many good things. Yeah. Um, Mechanical Chaser was a, a good card because he was a 4-drop, four four, and he had 1,900 attack, I remember, because I had I played him a lot. Or maybe it was 1,700. I'll pull him up here. Which, in Yu-Gi-Oh! terms, if you guys don't know shit about Yu-Gi-Oh!, that's really good. Um, because a four drop or less, you could play without having to tribute or whatever. Yeah, you could just straight put him on the board, and he could just blast somebody. And that attack is really good. Attack value is really good for his eighteen fifty. That's as good as it gets. Yeah, for a four for a for a instant drop, that was as good as it got back in the day. Maybe these days it's better, but eighteen fifty attack was really good. And this guy's pretty similar. Like he 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 only costs ninety two points. Not bad for what he brings. He's got flight and he has charge and flurry with an eleven attack. That's that's kind of to me represents the same style as the card. In set seventeen defense and vuln is pretty good. Like yeah. in the Yu Gi Oh set, I I think this dial all around is pretty is solid for Yu Gi Oh. As far as competitive Silver Age, none very few of these these Yu Gi Oh pieces hold up. But for Yu Gi Oh only, this is one of the better ones I've seen. I wouldn't hesitate using him in sealed. Yeah, actually, I'm excited to do some Yu-Gi-Oh! Sealed if WizKids ever releases the damn set. Hopefully, supposedly next week. Supposedly. This is only the, what, fourth, fifth time that has been delayed? For it, yeah. We'll see. Um, speaking of delays, Days of Future Past has been delayed. It's um, good we can count on them for something. That's well, you know, I think this was a good move by them because we talked about last week on the it on was the show come out before the movie, right? That no, this and um, well, yeah, well, it has nothing to do. Yeah, with the movie, but it's still going to get attention because of that, though. No, I, I think that may be why they did it. But we talked about last week. I know you weren't here, but we talked about last week that they had Days of Future Past and Yu Gi Oh coming on the same day. Yeah, and Yu Gi Oh. Already in in our minds and a lot of Clixers' minds is like losing steam. We we're not excited for it anymore. You've already delayed it a million times, and you say we can't use spells and traps in competitive Silver Age at least for now. And it's like it kept, like Austin's been saying, like he he initially was going to order a case, then it was like eh, it's been delayed. I'm not excited. There's other stuff coming out. Days of Future Past coming out. I'm only going to get a brick. And then they talk about spells and traps, and he's like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to get any. Like I feel like everybody I talk to doesn't care about Yu-Gi-Oh! anymore, especially with it coming out on the same day as Days yeah. of Future Pass. So if they wouldn't have pushed this, Yu-Gi-Oh! would have sold shit. And I it have, probably still isn't going to sell that well. I have no idea how much GP's planning on getting in. Like, Nick will probably get... I know we're getting... On special order we're getting a lot at Dugout because we're getting the OP kits. Because Dugout's a huge Yu-Gi-Oh! store. Yeah. Card yeah, it makes sense for that. Yeah. So I think he'll be able to move it. But yeah, most... Most stores, I don't that might know. might expand the hero quick crab a little bit. There. That's what that's what I think WizKids is hoping, and that's what I think will will probably happen at dugout. At least a couple players, hopefully. But um, uh, Days of Future Pass has been delayed until April twenty third. Both the both the the main CTD set and the Days of Future Pass Sentinel Pack. May or sorry, May it was 23rd. supposed to come out April twenty third, yeah. which is Wednesday. Now it will be May twenty first, so it's delayed a full four weeks, which. I'm okay with it. It's a good move by them. Um, we had two... We just had one Deadpool spoiler this week, which we've been getting Deadpool spoilers really like crazy. Spoiler, 
So it's Colleen Wing and Missy Knight. We kind of knew this was coming. We've seen pictures of the sculpts before, so we knew they existed. We just hadn't seen the cards. And their point values add up to 170 or 140, which is the price of the Spider-Man duo. So it's perfect split and merge, which is how we kind of expected them to do it. Colleen Wing is only, she's the cheaper one there. She's 55, Misty's 85. And Colleen Wing for her points is really good. She has a... Yeah, well, the whole dial. I mean, honestly, for 55 points, there's not a bad click on this dial. She's got uh, no range, but she's and no team abilities, no just normal combat symbols. But she's got flurry, precision strike, and willpower with an 11 attack and three damage. That right there is like that's 55 points worth in my mind. And not in super competitive, but in like a week weekly game, like this fig holds up extremely well because it never. It, it always has either flurry or charge. And then if you look at the attack slot, she always has either precision strike or blades. And a 10 up until the very last Yeah. Point. And then defense, she always has willpower or reflexes. I She's great. So her defense never drops below 17 against melee attacks at least. Yep. Her he, attacks never below 10 until that last dial. For 55 points, I, I like it a lot. Heroes for Hire, Martial Artist, The Hand are her keywords. And then Misty... Has uh, Defenders, Detective, Heroes for Hire, Police. She's 85 points. Normal symbols. uh, Sadly, no police team ability. Six range, one bolt. She has Running Shot for three clicks and then Sidestep for three clicks. And Top Dial and Bottom Dial, she gets Close Combat Expert in her Attack Slot. And then the Damage Slot, she gets a Special Leadership. When she does it and succeeds, friendly characters that share a keyword with her and began that action adjacent to her can you sidestep this turn which is pretty nice so, so that you she doesn't yeah. need, oh she does have to succeed so it's like right. if she hits it then they get to and that means people who began the leadership next to her right friendly characters that share keyword with her and began that action adjacent to or her or does it mean if they does that literally mean if they just begin their action because that's a little weird on the wording and began that action I assume it means the leadership action, the free action to activate the leadership. I just don't know why they would feel the need to... I guess to... That's how I figured it worked, but I just... The wording is very... Okay, here's probably why. If it just said, when she does and succeeds, friendly characters that share a keyword with her adjacent to her can use sidestep. And she can move up next then to she, Yeah, they could yeah. move next to her, shoot, and then sidestep. Yeah. So it's saying, when you leadership... They then those people could get it. Um, she's solid. She's not. Her numbers I, fall a little harder. Yeah, her dial. Her dial is. I, I was gonna say it's badly constructed. It's not really. Um, she has running shot and CCE, so she has two options there: top dial. Then the next two, she has running shot, end cap, then sidestep, precision strike, outwit. Um, I just it's it's decent. It's just not as good as Colleen's for the points. Colleen's is really good for the points. I think. And then, of course, the, the the split and merge into the duo. So, nice to have them. We also have Blob from Days of Future Past, who just got spoiled just a few hours ago. Um, as the same, at just like GSX Blob, he can't be placed by TK, carried, or knocked back. Now, he plays quite differently than Blob and yeah. Bertha. He has plasticity full dial and a special damage power full dial that kind of plays into plasticity. If an opposing character moves due to its own action, which means it, they really didn't have to put that in there, but it's just to clear up the confusion between TKing people 
in certain places. Back. But with him, he had knocked back. But with him, he can't be TK'd or knocked back. So honestly, they didn't have to put that in there. But I think it seems like they're trying to make things more wordy just so that people can't argue yeah. silly rules things. Um, if an opposing character moves due to its own action and ends within two squares in line of fire, after action resolve, you may place that character adjacent to Blob and the square in which it ended its move. So basically you just move it over one square closer to Blob. That's basically all you do. Now, I know the big reason they included the line of fire was probably so you can't like pull somebody around blocking terrain if they end like within that too. Right. But it bugs me that the like feel behind the power is supposed to be his gravitational pull. Yeah. And like stealth gets around it. Yeah, that's true. It does say yeah, in line of fire. I'm Batman. I'm hiding behind this tree. It's cool, your gravity doesn't work. Well, yeah. I was going to say, it doesn't specify that you're drawing it to a character and not the square, but I think you would assume it is the character unless you, uh, unless it's specified square. I think you would just default that it's character. So, yeah, I think stealth would yeah. get away from it. That does suck. Um, other than that, he has impervious three clicks, toughness three clicks, and quake kind of mixed in and out on his dial. He, he does have Endom. Um, which I did. The other one have Vendom? I don't think he no, did. The GSX one didn't. Yeah, I didn't think he did. And 18 top dial. Yeah, 18 defense and purpose. It's good for that point value. Um, I like him. I don't like him as much as GSX Blob though. He's not as cool a mastermind onto a mystique. Yeah, it's just the other one I, in Bertha too. Bertha is better than this Blob too. Hey, this guy's not bad. And he, he does bring something different. So I guess I'm glad they did do something different, not just another, yeah, here's your new blob that's exactly the same as GSX blob. Um, I just feel like, though, that hit power is going to be pretty easy to work around for people. Um, as long as they know what he does. I mean, if people don't know what he does, then they'll probably get caught by it all the time. But um, he, he's pretty solid for the points. And like you said earlier, he his point value is good for Brotherhood teams. It kind of matches up well with some other point value figures with that keyword. Yeah, I forget the other's exact point total, but I think they fit in... They might fit in 300, all four of them. All right, so big news today is the Lantern Corps. Mm-hmm. The uh, Sinestro Lantern Corps has been spoiled. Now, we already covered the entirety of how the power battery works and everything, so we're not going to go over that again. As I theorized... It is a switch clicks as far as the lantern part coming off of the resource, and then you can pop on a different color lantern. Which I'm beyond thankful for. Um, yeah. And like I like I was telling the boys, all they changed on the card is just the traits where you get a bonus if they're all the same color. So for the green, um, what was it? What was the willpower one? I can't remember. For fear, it's if the power battery, attached ring, and all constructs are the same color. Opposing characters modify their attack values negative two when targeting a friendly core member with a higher point value, which is really good. Especially on Sinestro Core, which where you typically have like a Sinestro and Arkillo and Mongol who are, you are huge points. You'll notice, yeah, that's a good point too. And the other point I want to make, you'll notice on pretty much all of the Sinestro Core figures when we talk about them they all have a perplex that is only on negatives too so you're looking at if you play a full sinestro core with the power battery and thing you're looking at a negative three 
attack value pretty much whenever they want you to. Whenever they want you to have it, which is going to be huge. And I remember the Green Lantern one being good too. So you're gonna. I know it gives bonuses though. That's the rings, right? Give bonuses to all your stats. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll do the ring next. So what Austin was theorizing, and what a lot of people have theorized, including myself, is like. You're going to take a certain color battery and a certain ring and certain constructs, like mix and match the best ones and put them together and it'll be stupid good. But the thing is also when you do that, yeah, you get, you're probably going to have better options. We don't know. We haven't seen all the constructs, but we got to assume, of course, some of them are going to be better than others. Yeah, you can do that, but then you lose the trait, and these traits, if it just going off the green one and the other one, are They're really similar. good. Yeah, like you really want to match things up as much as you can, so maybe they thought about that ahead of time. And you're going to be, I mean, nowadays you're looking at wanting to play theme teams more anyways, so, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason not to play the Lanterns full color. Plus, it's more fun, it's thematic, yeah. come on, you know, get with the program here. So Sinestro Core Ring. Now this ring is four points, whereas the Greenland one was only was a uh, eight points. Uh, five to six to pick up. And if this character already has a Sinestro Core keyword, modify all its values except damage plus one, same as the Greenlander one. Otherwise, this character has the keyword and can use Perplex, but only to decrease combat values. So that's why this one is cheaper because the eight point one gave you willpower. Yeah. And this one gives Perplex, but the four point difference makes up for that so I like it I like uh, I like that it turns you into a generic Snestor core member yeah I like the the ring and I like the um, the uh, power battery both of them are pretty thematic for Sinestro core and then they spoiled one two three four five six Sinestro core members they didn't spoil Arkillo or Lissa which I was really hoping to see Lissa because I like Lissa but uh, we'll go through all of these um, Sinestro core members so let's start off with Sinestro himself. This, this is Sinestro from the starter, right? This is 101, so he'll be from the scenario pack or what, how, whatever they're calling it. Um, he'll be with the Hal Jordan, and there will be some... I think that's where you get your green ring, is in this pack, I believe. Green ring and the wall construct. And uh, yeah, one or two of the constructs is in there. Um, and a cool OA map, apparently. Oh, he has a New Guardians, Ruler, and Sinestro Core. He has a trait, Fear Master. He can use Perplex, but only to decrease combat values. When he does, he modifies all values on the target by negative one, or by negative two if the target has two action tokens. So good. Which is redonkulous, especially if you remember the construct thing we just said, where if you play all yellows, they're already negative two. He's got two options, 250 or 160. Um... I think I like the 251 better for its point value just because it has top dial moving attack and it has good powers and good numbers. 12 attack pulse wave. Yeah, 12 attack pulse wave, 8 range. 18 defense invincible. <coughs> 4 damage outwit. He's got Indom too. Um, this is how Sinestro should be. If you start with 160, he plays totally different though. He has a special white box. He can use sidestep, give him a power action, and place him adjacent to an opposing character with two tokens. And then he has a damage value. When Sinestro attacks a character that has a combat value reduced below its printed value, so after he uses his perplex on it, he deals penetrating damage. So, I don't know. For 160 points, 
I don't like the I have to spin an action to get next to you. He does have an eight range though. Yeah. I I think if you run him, you you work your team, you you yeah. make sure that you get the full two fifty for because it's so much better. I think the big reason they gave him the one sixty option is so you could play mm-hmm. him lower. Because um, his one, the rest of his dial after one sixty, the rest of his dial after the top two clicks is mainly melee based. Um, he does pick up some outwit here and there, and he gets blades or flurry here and there. So he's pretty solid for his points. A nice new addition. Um, I like the sculpt a lot too. Yeah, it is cool. It's a, it's similar to the uh, the the trait is similar to the War of Light or the DC seventy fifth one, but slightly different, slightly better. Honestly, I really like this recruit too. When we had a Green Lantern That's recruit, so cool. Hopefully, we'll get a recruit for each core member. Uh, Sinestro core is also fifty points, like the green. He also has flight and five range, and he has a trait as well. He's also a minion when he's Within eight of a Sinestro Core keyword, seventy-five points or more, he gets plus one damage. He has running shot and pulse wave top dial, which is not bad for fifty points. And he also has uh, special power fear, can use perplex only to decrease combat value. So nothing super special, but um, he's going to be one of those pieces you're going to look for in sealed just just from being 50 points because this set's probably going to be very high. This is going to be fear itself wor- I, worse than yeah, fear itself. I, I'm excited to see a minion for like every core, but at the same time it hurts me because I collect minions because yeah. I like running goon teams. Oh, I'm going to need at least so, three yeah. each of each color, yeah. It's going to wreck my wallet hard. Um, pretty solid sealed-wise. And uh, it's nice to have cheaper just, point options. Yeah, just the like he's effect with that perplex. He's effectively a ten attack with that pulse wave at three damage because of his minion trait. So like that's yeah, that's like, a good point really, with the minion. If you can kick in the minion, and his range is pretty small, so he can safely running shot pulse wave. Mm-hmm. So you have got to keep him top click though, because the rest of his dial sucks hard. He does keep pulse wave yeah. for a second click, but you got to keep yeah, that. Dude. Three, four, and five are pretty. Now this, I think this is the best one. I think he's better than Sinestro. I think he's better than all the other ones first points. He's really good. And he's also really cool in the comics, so I'm glad he's good. Bedovian, who's the best sniper in the comics universe. Screw Deadshot and screw Deathstroke, as much as I love him. This guy shoots freaking snipes from, like, millions of light years away. If, you, if you've if you read Green Lantern, uh, Jeff John's Green Lantern. Yep. Uh, Bedovian has armor and Sinestro core keywords. He has... 115 point value, uh, 10 range sharpshooter. That's the key with this guy. And not only that, not only is he 10 range sharpshooter, but if you're if it's not your turn and no other characters are within two of him, lines of fire to him are blocked. And that's not that stealth busting's not going to help with that. Nothing's going to help just... with that. Lines of fire to him are blocked. The only thing that's going to help is pulse wave. Um, now on top of that. Ridiculous range and sharpshooter and ridiculous defensive power. He has 11 precision strike and 3 damage RCE. So he can blast yep. the ever-loving crap out of you from but forever so, away and yeah, you can't retaliate. It's that deadshot syndrome. So, I mean, at an 11 attack, you don't really need to be able to lower their defense. Yeah, in most situations, you don't so need RCE to is go going straight to damage. And then in the off chance... If you even if you do want to ping somebody who has impervious or something, you can bump. You're bumping up to a 13 attack, 
and getting a solid at least one damage through with precision strike. And then yeah. his and damage then if the dial. Yeah, and then he also picks up the fear, can use perplex, but only to decrease combat values. That's and range so for three clicks, he has the special um, you can't see me power, and then for the next three clicks, he has regular stealth, and then the the perplex and everything. I love this guy. For and he, yeah, he's a, he's at least a ten attack up till his last two clicks. So. And he's only an uncommon. This is one of the key guys to watch out for in sealed. I think at uncommon rarity for a dial that good, he's going to be good. Here's another one to watch out for. In sealed. Mong- Mongol's good too. Yeah, he's. He's an uncommon, a piece that a lot of people have been hoping that would get remade. He's a popular villain in the DC Universe. He has Brute Ruler Sinestro Core, 165 points. Um, solid beater type piece. Super wordy. He does, yeah, I was going to say. He does have a special trait that you kind of play around. When a character with a Black Mercy token would have one or more actions removed. So not just when they would clear it end of turn, but also if somebody would leadership off of them. Remove the Black Mercy token instead. Give Mongol a free action and make a closer range combat attack targeting an opposing character with a Black Mercy token regardless of range or line of fire. If he hasn't already attacked that character this turn. So you're going to say, well, how do I get the Black Mercy token on him in the first place? Well, he doesn't have this top dial. He has it from clicks 2 through 5. He can use Incapacitate. When he does, hit characters are also given a Black Mercy token if they don't have one already. Here's When I first read that trait, especially the second part, give him a free action to make an attack against him regardless of range of fire, I was like, oh shit, that's really stupid. But then I thought about how this would play out. You can only give it to them by using Incap. Yep. So, on my turn, I hit your Hal Jordan and I give him a token. I give him an action token and I give him a Black Mercy token. Yeah. It's your turn. You can either choose to push or you can clear, in which case you clear the Black Mercy token. So, the only way, if you clear and clear the Black Mercy token instead, I don't get a free attack against you now. You know what I mean? You just yeah, Because by the time it goes to my turn again and I can kick that in, you just got rid of it. Yeah. So yeah, it keeps the, the end cap token on you. I think that's what's most important is that it keeps the, the action tokens on them. That's what's more important more than the free attack. Um, because I think 90% of the time, you're not going to get the free attack. They're going to have already cleared the token off by the time it kicks back yeah, to you. Yeah, the only time you're ever going to be getting free attacks is if like they're pushing and allowing you to get tokens out on other right. people. So what it does, though, is it really makes... Because think about this, though. If you do decide to push, now not only do you have two tokens, but you have the Black Mercy token on. I get a free hit, and now next turn you clear it, but you still keep your two action tokens. And yeah, I don't get to hit you, but I just tied you up for two turns. That's what makes him really, really good. Sadly, he doesn't have that top dial. If he did, I would like him a whole lot more. I still like him pretty, pretty pretty, pretty well for his points. And like you said, for sealed he'll be good because he's only an uncommon. But um, he has the the fear power as well, except he has a little bit more special. He can use perplex only to decrease values. When he does, also modify the target's attack value by minus one until your next turn. So if you want to, you can make their attack a minus two, minus three. If, with, yeah, if you're running the battery. So he's 
pretty close. Yeah, he's all close combat uh, base. Se- that's how he, he should be. He does have seven range if you need the range option. But yeah, that's how he should be. He's just a yeah, straight. Even beater. in the comics, when he got the ring, he wasn't doing the typical lantern thing. He was right walking up and smashing people. He has what are these in his? I hands? don't know what they are. They're like, like I think they're supposed to be like energy lightning. I like think bolts they're or something futuristic billy clubs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> He saw Nightwing whooping on somebody and decided he wanted some clubs to go with it. Alright, we got two more to go. Carousel. Now, I'm not familiar with this chick. Have you ever read anything I, with this chick? I've it's, seen her in comics because the beasts I recognize, but like I don't get who she is. Well, I know she was in Jeff John's, uh, yeah. n- not New 52, but pre-New 52 Green Lantern for just a second. I remember seeing her, but I don't remember actually learning anything about her. I don't even know if it even said her name. Yeah, because I remember the B, the construct things running people down. So she's 95 points. She's a peanut base. And she comes with those construct things attached to her that just called the three... Uh, well, I don't know. I guess you call it the pack. Yeah. Um, she begins it with it attached... She can use super senses when it is attached, and when she is killed, you automatically remove the pack from the map. But when the pack is killed, you get to for free put it back on her, which is nice compared to what a lot of how a lot of those it's things a play power out. Action to pop them off, right? yeah, yeah, and then at any time, you, her other trait is give her power action, pop off the pack in an adjacent square, and they're a bystander. Now the bystander's not all that great. It has sidestep and flight with an eight movement, ten attack. And it has a special attack power. It can use blades, give the pack a close combat action, and make up to three close combat attacks as free actions. It only has one damage. If you use blades, you only have one damage, so you're most likely going to want to use blades. If you use blades during this action, decrease the d6 roll by two, minimum of one. So you may as well roll the blades... Hope that you get six, super lucky and roll a six or a five, because otherwise you're only dealing one or two, you know, d- damage out. But um, for the re- that coupled with the rest of her dial makes her a pretty solid piece. Um, she has no moving attack top dial though, six range sidestep, uh, another fear. Her, hers is cool. Yeah, hers is really good though. Um, perplexed but only to decrease combat values when she does also modify the target's speed value negative three which is nice um that slows so much now which helps her make up for her lack of moving attack um she has energy shield for the first three reflexes for the next three and she does have two clicks of steel energy mixed in on her six click dial and exploit weakness too so we'll see how she plays in an actual game she's okay I'm a little marked side for the other ones, but at least she's she's not a horrible Her piece. Points aren't bad for. Yeah, only ninety five points, and in this set, everything's gonna be super expensive. Speaking of super expensive, <laughs> yeah, our last one is Kyle Parallax, which has a really cool sculpt. I, his his outfit looks pretty sweet. Yeah, he's a super rare, um, number fifty five, two hundred and thirty five points. He has quintessence, um, and a really cool trait. What are you truly afraid of? If an opponent wins the role to determine first player and does not choose Parallax's controller to be the first player, characters on the opponent's force modify their attack value negative one as long as Parallax is on the map. It's the same as uh, Nightmare, I think. Let me see if it's exactly like Nightmares from Spider-Man or if it's similar but does a different effect. 
Because it's been a long time since I played against a nightmare. Uh, yep, exact yeah, same. Same. Just with uh, Parallax's name in there. So he has the nightmare trait. He has a pretty solid dial. Which, again, the harp on it, if you're running him with the battery... That means if they don't let you go first, they're going to be minus three to attack. Yeah, if you're playing... Yeah, <laughs> because exactly. he's 235 points. So him and then the battery, if everything matches like that's up... That's a good 300-point team. That's just... Him and the battery. <laughs> yeah, this just... Yeah, go ahead, attack me with your negative three attack. I freaking dare you. And then I have a special fear on top of that. I can use Perplex only to decrease combat values when I do decrease the same value on all other opposing characters within his range and line of fire, which, which is, is eight. eight. So even if they're running book, you can make their combat val- you can make their attack negative four on all of them. Well, rule three, right? So you can't go. Rule three only kicks in when you go to attack. This is something I wanted to bring up on the podcast, so I'm glad you asked. So so I can technically, perpl- I can run twelve hookers, con- as Austin calls them, con artists, and I can perplex my Thor's attack to twenty five. But one when I go to make an attack. It locks in at three. Okay. But what that helps is Stops if I really like if that. I really don't want you to hit me, I can put all my perplexes into putting your defense down negative five. And even if you have a hammer, that puts you at negative three, and you'll stay at negative three whenever you yeah. go to make the attack. Whereas if I would only perplexed you negative three, and then you put your perplexes yeah. into attack, you can balance it back yeah. out. Okay. You can go over the limit to help make sure that they, they don't. Do when it. suffering the penalty or getting the bonus, it's capped. Okay. Right. So yeah, that's that's what I'm that's saying. It, yeah, like, that's, even yeah. against book, you're not hitting this dude. Yeah, so I don't your care. Your whole team is minus four to attack. You have to if you wanted to do that, you would have to put two hammers to even even out your attack to be where it's supposed to be. You'd have to have yeah. two hammers on. So he's pretty good. He's expensive, but he's pretty good. And not to mention the damage he can dish out: running shot, psychic blast with eleven attack and five damage from uh, like I said, eight range, two bolts. Uh, he has that for two clicks. Then he has a special movement power of charge and plasticity and pulse um, with pulse wave and, and exploit. exploit. And then you'll notice he has on click five and click nine, he has an 18 defense with regen <laughs> and shape change. And then he has earthbound and a seven attack. So basically he kind of goes into a little slumber type deal and you like half. It's basically but when Kyle... Kids not giving him actual stop clicks. Right. It's basically, yeah, because <laughs> he's already good. It's basically when Kyle's trying to fight and get out of Parallax. Uh, then he goes into some Poison and some Flurry Late Dial. So I really like his dial for 235. Oh, that's pretty cool. For like, when we do our Highlander events, his real names are actually... Kyle, Rainer, and Parallax. Okay. Yeah, cool. And it's nice to get more Quintessence, too. They don't give out Quintessence enough to no, people. Yeah, Cosmic's handed out like candy in Marvel sets and... You never get to see that in DC stuff. So awesome to see our Sinestro guys. Hopefully they spoil. I hope Alyssa our killer is a total killer too. Yeah, the last arc. You know, I honestly wouldn't even have been upset if they didn't put our killer in, just because the last one is so good. That yeah. Arkillo is so good, and then but, we also have yeah. the. Um, oh, the actual. The actual the entity. entity. What is their entity it's called? Parallax is their entity, isn't it? Yeah, it derp. It is Parallax. Yeah, it's Parallax. Is there anybody Ion. else on there? Superboy Prime. And then this chick, who I'm not familiar with. Lissa, yeah, and Lissa, then the this chick. chick. And then the, right behind that chick. Oh, and then the red guy, too, who looks like Tomar. Yeah. It probably is Tomar, because it'd be weird if they didn't give us one. Yeah. I bet there's a green Tomar, though. I'll have to look at... Let's look at the green and see which green ones we didn't get. A lot. 
Holy crap, Oli. Tom, there's no way there's not a new Tomar on here. There's a new Salak who's all. Yeah. I love Salak. Tomar. Yeah, there is a new Tomar. There's, he's a prime, too. And we got an Abin over there. There's a lot of Green Lanterns they haven't spoiled yet. So, so uh, Is that another Salak? Yeah. Doesn't that. No, that, no, no that's, that's not Salak. Yeah, that's not Salak. That's somebody else. What is his name? It sure looks like Salak on the Salark, maybe. I don't. I'm not familiar with him. If it's not, he doesn't have four arms, so it can't be Salak. Yeah, I'm excited for the the big head guy. I can never remember his name, but the ball. Yeah, Zillius. I'm more excited for the red. I'm a big Red Lantern fan of that. That's one of the better New Fifty Two books. Yeah, I'm hoping they give us a Red Lantern guy Gardner. Oh, there's no way they won't. They'll be have a riot on their hands if they. Don't. <laughs> I don't think Wizards no, cares I, about getting rides. We, we saw the list of figures, and he was on there. Is he okay? Yeah. Um, so pretty happy with these. Um, hopefully next week will be the Reds, because I'm really anticipating how they'll be. And then last thing we have to talk about... Best news ever. ...is how they are packaging the lanterns. And I brought this up a little earlier in my pre-recorded part. So they've announced exactly how you'll be able to get the other lanterns. Everything but white and black. Everything but white. Well, black comes with Necron. Because he's holding it, and um, so technically, if you think about it, that means that it's con exclusive. Yeah, you only get Necron as con exclusive. Rumor also is that the white one will be con exclusive, uh, but no official word from WizKids on that yet. But since it hasn't been released in any of these other ones, I think that's the only safe assumption is that that's how it will be. So the rest of them, though, will be packaged, and you in each pack there are three different packages. There's two different lights paired up, or lanterns paired up in each one. And they did a nice job of packaging the three most popular ones, which is red, orange, and yellow, with the three late, least popular ones, <laughs> with yeah. the violet and indigo and blue. And they went opposing. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Which, they went with the, uh, what's it called, complementary color, where you go the opposite on the color wheel. Yeah. I can't, I'm trying to remember my art class days. I think it's called complementary. Uh, but anyways... Yeah, you in each pack you get one of each color lantern. So you got red and violet if you're talking about that pack. You would get one of each construct power battery and then you would get uh, seven constructs for each. And again, it, well it says resource object. So I don't know I don't think it'll be its own resource. Like I said, I think it'll be a switch clicks. Yeah. So you'll get the actual little lantern and that will cost you $25, which I guess they could have went higher on that. So, um, then yeah, you've got yeah, they could have charged. Yeah, people would have yeah. paid forty. Sadly, for I that. was expecting them to be when we thought it was going to be like you'd pick a faction at the start. So I was expecting to shell out you know sixty seventy bucks on yeah. eBay just to make sure I got them all. Yeah, so for seventy five dollars you would get these six six resources, and then you're going to get. I think the other pack is also twenty five dollars at In least. Your eye bat belt. With Green Lantern, Sinestro, and the Green Ring. And the one object. Yeah, so that brings up another point. It doesn't say anything about rings. The rings will not be included in this. A lot of people are thinking they're going to be in the packs. Correct. That's what I was going to say. I think, and we theorized that last week when we talked about this, that they would do the rings in the pack, but they wouldn't do the the batteries Mainly because they're too big. They yeah. wouldn't fit in. There's no well, way. Well, they're, they're not doing constructs, too, which is what a lot of people were right. worried about. So we thought they would do rings and constructs in the um, boosters. 
But instead, I'm betting, that, and they'll probably announce it pretty soon, is that they'll just do the rings and the, the boosters. Which sadly means the rings are going to go for a crap ton. True. But if there is one in each booster, which I doubt there will be, but if there is one in each booster, then it won't be that bad to you know to get all of that them. That would be awesome. If they didn't actually take a figure slot, they just threw one in every booster. Yeah. Well, heck, they're going to sell like crazy. They can afford to throw a little... Well, yeah, they're already telling us they're not going to have enough for week two. <laughs> yeah, like, make sure you get the shit early because we can't help you out on month five and six. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, I'm foregoing Deadpool and, like, other than Days of Future Past, I'm, like, going super minimalistic on everything here real quick until War Light's over because I know I'm going to have to hit eBay. I think playing between two different venues... I think I'll be able to. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm going like to try and play two also. I'm going to probably try and play a GP and dugout. So I don't know if that's going to help though. I played three venues for half of Fear itself, and well, see, I played. I, I had, still missed out on some of that. I got all my Fear Somehow. itself. I well, I finished it out through trades, but I got all of Fear itself by just playing at two venues for was that six months too? Yeah, it was six yeah. months. It took some last-minute trades there at the end for me to get finish up, round out that set somehow, and that was a smaller set. Yeah. I also have really horrible luck at pulling things, too. Of course, that was also one for yourself, one something else. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. We're going to be doing double at Dugout if, if we can swing it, as long as we don't have a million people. I think it's designed to be double, right? Yeah, well... For the first, for the last two, it's like suggested. Well, yeah, last two, you're not going to have any. Yeah, there's enough figures in this, too, that you're not, like, running double is not going to get people bored. Like, there's 70-some freaking figures in this thing. Not including the OP and LE. So it should be fun. And was there something? There was something There's else a lot of participation prizes in War of Light 2, which is what I think is really cool. Yeah, so each month you're going to get a construct and or a, a, a yeah construct, which are the little relics, yeah, and, and a Green Lantern member, and then a Lantern member, and yeah, you have to get your ring. So that's something. I mean, that's why I wanted to make sure I get that right because a lot of people have been emailing us asking. So. The ring is only in the scenario pack. You will not get a ring in your yeah. OP event. So, so definitely order that. Yeah, you have to get one of those if you want to play your power battery to the full extent. Because you will get the green first month, like on the other ones, you'll get your resource, and your resource will come with the green lantern attached. But you will not be able to get the ring while you're playing, which yeah, seems month, counterintuitive. Because you one is you get the resource and a construct for participation. And you get, is it John Stewart month one? It's one of them. Yeah, I don't remember which one it is. And it's then one La- of the Earth Lanterns month one. And then I think Larflees is the... Uh, and the yeah, Larflees is the prize. Is the prize. But So yeah, so make sure you get one of those packs when they first come out. The uh, the Sinestro Hal Jordan pack. Which also has a Sinestro Hal duo, doesn't it? Sinestro Hal duo is in set, I believe. Oh, okay. Cool. That might be something you want to check. Well, we can pull that up while we're... Uh, because it's the 101 Sinestro and the 101 Howl they previewed that are in the pack. Let's go downloads, retailer assets, Warlight, month one, 
Or no, we, we need Sinestro Core War Scenario Pack. Yeah. Comes with Green Lantern Dice. I forgot about that. Some not ugly Green Lantern. So yeah, just just a Hal, just a Sinestro. And the wall. And then the, yeah, the duo must be in the main set. And then the wall construct and the Green Lantern ring. And that is going to be $20, which is not bad. That means, assuming your venue does like a 30, like $25, $30 buy-in for two packs, you're looking at $50 month one. Yes, true. Which is for 10 figs, the starter set with its two figs, and your resource. Yeah, 12 figs, a resource. Two uh, constructs all together. Two relics, one, so. and then a, a set of Green Lantern dice, which... Which the WizKids dice that they've made have looked yeah, pretty. Yeah. They've been pretty good, and these look pretty good too. It looks like the they're the, very classic Green Lantern. They it looks like green. the green is engraved in there, so they look pretty good, pretty solid. And that's only twenty bucks. The uh, the Lantern packs, though, they will be twenty five. And then month one is. Yeah, one construct, one resource, one participation prize. It doesn't specify which one. And then they, yeah, they get four LEs. But I think later in one of the things it Yeah, they spoil out. the breakdown of every yeah, month. Yeah, it though. breaks down who gets what. So, yeah. It's where it said that it's Larflees and stuff like that. Yeah. All right, well, that wraps it up. I know it's kind of weird this week because we went in basically the opposite order. I started with community and I ended with news. But, you know, you do what you got to do. Sad the boys couldn't be here with you, with me today. Make sure you send them a message on Facebook or Twitter and and Harassing. tell them to get their shit together and get back on the show. Uh, speaking of Facebook and Twitter, follow us there. That's where we talk to you guys the most. Send us PM anytime you want to talk. And again, like I said earlier in the show, um, if you would like to do a listener um, uh, guest host. Like TJ is yep. today, except he's in person. Um, but it, even if you live far away and you want to do it over the phone like we do some other people, then send us a PM on Facebook, and I'll be posting that sometime. So we'll do that again in a few weeks, especially for days like today where it's just me or it's just me and Drew or something like that. We'll try. I like to try to keep three people in here just to keep the, the conversation flowing. But TJ, you did a great job. Thanks for coming on. Not a problem. I'm glad you finally and got me out here. hopefully we can have you on again in the future. 